Alright, welcome to the uh, leadership table where we are able to come together and uh, grow as leaders and that we can um, go where le leaders are um, leading and solving real problems and having a discussion about how we can improve, how we can grow, what's working, what's not working, and how we can challenge each other along this leadership journey for Christ. So right now what we're talking about is what have we been able to apply since um, our last leadership table. This is a question that we're going to ask for everybody in here because uh, the purpose of this is not just to have information, but it's implementation. So we, we want to apply. And so Cameron, you were, you were sharing about um, how you were able to experience working with your team. Now, does that make you want to like grow the team and have more opportunities to work with other people like that? Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to getting a uh, funnel building team together. Yes, praise the Lord. I know our conversation was really powerful for me. I was like, whoa you know what, I really enjoy working on building funnels and um, I would like to be able to do more of that. And I had a lot more clarity as far as like how we can do less better. I began to realize like ministry at its very core, um, foundation of ministry is marketing. Marketing is simply getting a message out to the people. And um, like every successful ministry has a marketing director, marketing team. Uh, Doug Batcher has a marketing director. Ivor Myers has a marketing director, Stephen Bohr has a marketing director. Like any successful ministries have them. The unsuccessful ministries that don't really go very far, they don't have marketing directors. So people don't really know that they really exist. And um, if even if we have a powerful message, if we have a powerful service that we can offer to the world, if we're unable to market that service, then it will not bless others. And Revelation 14.6 is a marketing verse. You guys know what it says? What is it? Revelation 14.6 is what the Bible says about marketing. I don't. Is it? I saw another angel. Revelation 14.6. Yeah, Revelation 14.6. Find the midst of heaven. Have an everlasting gospel to preach unto every nation, kindred, tongue, people. Yeah, that's right. So that's Revelation 14.6. What does that have to do with marketing? What is that? Well, marketing at its very core, the simple definition of marketing, all it is, is getting a message out to the masses. That's all marketing is. So Revelation 14.6 describes an angel preaching to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. That's the masses. And what does the word angel mean? Messenger. Messenger. And what does a messenger carry? <laughs> A message that is the dictionary definition of marketing yes and it's flying in the midst of heaven mm -hmm. which that's where the internet is flowing mm -hmm. is through the mm -hmm. airways yeah so um, they, they even have like a messenger marketing which with messenger bots it's uh, where you send out little broadcasts to people um, uh, through Messenger. That's chatbots are, are a very powerful marketing. When you look at all corporate work, all canvassing, that is marketing. That's door-to-door -door sales. That's when you look, corporate is a French word and it um, it means peddler. It means marketer. One who takes a message, a product, or service out to the market. And um, that's where all like evangelism evangelism is taking your message and taking it to the masses and sharing with people who don't know that is um, that's 100% what marketing is 
but people, what's really powerful, some of the epiphany that I got recently was um, when min, a lot of times marketing is used as a terminology in the for-profit worlds, and it's not <coughs> commonly thought of in the non-profit worlds, and because of that, ministries don't really see the marketing as like a part of their work and a central part, and because they don't put time and attention into marketing, um, then they fail at getting their message out to the people, and they fail at letting known who they are, why they exist, where they're doing, and who, how they can benefit you. Um, and so that's what makes the difference between like ministries that like go far in their outreach and those who just kind of stay stagnant and stick around in a small area, um, or don't last after five years. Um, and and that that was hitting me more and more uh, because I realized like uh, marketing. Oh, and the, and the reason why it's a challenge for nonprofits not to recognize that marketing is an essential part of spreading the gospel is because if they don't get that, it's really hard to study the science of marketing. Because when you understand the terminologies of marketing um, and and the true defi like biblical definitions and what that means in our context, it makes studying the science of marketing so much easier in marketing podcasts or courses or other other like platforms, um, and but if we're thinking marketing and, and, and evangelism, preaching the gospel are like two different things, then we're gonna be like, oh no, um, and we're like, I don't. You'll be listening to podcasts. You're like, I don't know how this applies to what we're doing or what like our my mission to preach Christ and share Christ to the world, but they don't realize that there is some powerful um, step by step tried and proven paths that have been trodden upon that use um, the principles um, that have been eternal, um, how to get a message to the people. Like, let's go over to Acts chapter 17. Look at this. Um, another example of marketing we see in um, Acts 17 and verse... Um, Um, verse 16, Acts 17, 16, and 17. Who would like to read this for us? I will. Alright, thank you. This no. is Paul in Athens. You know, the famous, like, to the unknown God who you ignorantly worship. Yeah, it's this story. Verse 15. Uh, 16 and 17. Go ahead. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him. When he saw the city wholly given to idolatry, Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons, and in the market daily with them that met with him. So Paul and the disciples, they would go out, um, They where would they go and preach the gospel? The marketplace. Synagogue. They would go to the market, how often? Daily. Daily. They would go there and that's who they would speak the everlasting gospel to. But... When you look at the principle of the market, uh, the market is wherever the attention is. See, techniques are temporary, principles are permanent. When you, like, as leaders, what we want to do, um, I, I was doing a leadership training with, with, with the pastor here, and, and, and one thing that um, we were talking about is how do we develop leaders? And one of the things is, as leaders, we have to, 
identify principles. We have to learn to not pay attention to the temporary techniques that are unique to one context, one situation, one business model, or, or um, one like scenario. We have to learn what is the principle that can be applied across the board because principles are transferable. doesn't matter what you use a principle. If it works here, it's going to work everywhere because that's the nature of a principle. We have to train our minds to think in terms of uh, patterns, to recognize patterns, to use patterns, look for uh, systems, look for templates, formats that are, exist in the world because when they consistently work in one area, they can be applied to other areas of our life and they'll also work. So here we see the principle of the market is really attention. And the best marketers understand it's the attention of the people. Back in these days, the attention of everybody was in the marketplace. They were buying and selling at the big bazaars and, and um, they would like have fish, they'd have jewelry, they'd have clothing, they had all these different wares and all the thoroughfares of travel they'd go here. But now when you look at the attention of the people, the marketers today are succeeding in getting their message out to the masses through social media marketing. All the content that we do is called content marketing. Um, you have email marketing, you have messenger marketing, and the word messenger we just saw was angel. So angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, pre preaching to every nation, kindred, tongue, people. Like Facebook Messenger has over um, has over like 1.5 billion um, users just on that messenger app. WhatsApp Messenger, um, all of these things are are messenger angel um, apps. And so marketing at its core is just getting a message to the masses. And when we understand that, we can begin to realize, whoa, well, if we understand the principle, we can study a marketing course and know how this applies to ministry and evangelism because the same principles apply. They'll help us to be better effective evangelists. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. Um, and yeah, so in terms of like developing more marketing team, I realize um, modern publishing, like like in Amazing Facts, their department, this ministry, um, marketing and publishing is the same department. It's ran by the same guy. It has been for a few years because all publishing is content marketing, whether they're physical printed or they're digital uh, publications. It's all content marketing. And when you look, um, that's the purpose of, of the messages and the little publications is they, um, they garnish attention. But what do you do with the attention? You help them to make a decision, um, whether to give their heart to Christ, to accept Bible studies, to... Um, to come to an event where their lives can be changed for Christ. It's like you have their attention and you bring it to make a decision. And the funnels, um, the funnels that we use help people to make the decision, whatever we have a funnel for a volunteer funnel, donation funnel, for a prayer funnel, for a Bible study funnel, we'll have different funnels that gets people's um, dis the attention and leads them to a decision. And then we do our part in servicing them and helping them and changing their lives and providing with them the gospel that could that could really help them in a step-by-step -step manner that you don't get anywhere else um, unless it's like in person or one-on-one -on -one, given Bible studies which is not very scalable when there's a huge world to reach um, so when we understand the bigger picture of how this all fits together it makes sense how we can we can share with people now if we're looking at um, 
leadership by definition. What is, by the way, welcome Susie, glad you can join us. Um, I want you guys to help me with this. Leadership is... <clears throat> Leading people to... Um, Is the principle? Is the principle that's good? It's not principle. Science. Influence. It's a science. Kathy says influence. That's good, Kathy. So leadership is the blank of influence. Of influence. The skill. It's the method. It's not science. Wow, that's skill. interesting. You guys need to teach this. This is, this is a. Uh, this is essential that you get this definition in your minds because we all have different ideas of what leadership is and they overwhelm us, they perplex us, and they stress us out. But once you realize that at its core, leadership is the skill of influence, then you begin to realize, oh, every man, woman, and child has influence. You can be 10 years old and you can still influence those around you. Do 10-year-olds influence their parents? Do 10-year-olds influence their siblings? Yes. Do 10-year-olds influence their friends? Absolutely. That 10-year-old is a leader. And, and one thing that Jesus did is Jesus took that 10-year-old and sat in front of the people and said, Look, if you don't humble yourself as one of these children, you won't enter the kingdom of God. Or it's like, take the gospel as a child because theirs is the kingdom of God. When Jesus looked at the children, he didn't see them as who they were he saw them as who they could become by his grace he saw when he looked at children he saw um, preachers who, who would be martyrs for his cause he saw leaders who would be able to influence others for Jesus he saw the children by their potential in in Christ and so as leaders what we need to do is train our minds to look at people not for who they are now but who they can become. And friends, you have an infinite potential in Christ Jesus. There is no limit to who you can become by His grace. And the Lord has you here at this leadership table for a reason. Amen. So that He can prepare you at such a time as this to be all that you can be for Christ. All that we can be. All of Amen. It. And it's beautiful. We so have the ability. We do. got to believe that. And the reason why it's important to know this is the skill of influence is because influence is a skill. That means if you don't have it now, just like any skill, right. through, through intentional learning, through practice, you will grow and you can get better. So if you're not good at a skill, just do it a hundred times. <laughs> and so what I encourage you to do is commit. What we are here for is we commit to learning what influences people learning how can I influence myself because I'm the first person that I have to lead I want to learn how to influence you too yeah yeah that's good learn how to influence me that would be good and and the principles that, that we're learning together at this leadership table and in ministry and even in marketing marketing teaches influence it teaches persuasion on a massive, this is yes on a massive scale so um, the greater influence the greater our ability to 
to influence others for Christ. The greater amount of good that we can do, but just as much, the greater our influence, the greater amount of bad that we can do. But that's why our influence is only um, useful or valuable as we are connecting to Christ and passing Christ through us, the hope of glory. And this is something that really hit me um, hit me recently as, as I was, you know, several months ago, I was thinking, I'm like, wow, how are we going to develop leaders? What are we going to do to, um, how do we develop leaders? And I was like, man, this sounds like intense. It sounds like a lot of work. This sounds like, like overwhelming. And I'm just like, where do you even start? There's so many different facets and everything. But then once it like simplified in my mind, I was like, wait a second, developing leaders is literally, all it is is teaching someone else how to influence others and if all of us could teach each other or those around us those behind us those before us if we can teach them how to influence others you're developing leaders that's nice I had a question yes. I was writing it down the greater our influence the greater our I don't know I was just talking the greater ability to do uh, to do good I think that's what I said. Okay. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, that that was a quote in Christ's object lesson, chapter 25. Um, yeah, so um, really simply put, learning the skill of influence and what already influences people, it's a really powerful thing. A thing we went over last, last week... Um, it is really good to understand to influence people. How are you able to apply those six basic human needs? Well, you have to. Um, mm -hmm. I I think that by listening to people, you could hear how they um, <clears throat> what's important to them. So you did that this week. Well. Did you? I do it when I think of it. I don't like automatically do it. Okay. Did you? Know? you um, did you learn? Um, did you understand a little bit more about what influences you, what motivates you, what you're strong in? Well, you know what I learn is <laughs> the things that I say to myself influences me. Yes, thoughts and, and feelings are strengthened as we give them I need utterance. to pay attention to them because <clears throat> one thing I say a lot, I don't care, I don't care what they think. Uh-huh. But how can I how can I influence somebody if I don't care what they think? How can I influence somebody if if I don't even care? Um, so and, and really I do care. I don't know why I say that. Because it's a habit of thought. You've developed that habit yeah. and that response. But just I, like I, any habit. I think that I developed that habit by wishing I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then then I kind of got that attitude. Yeah. Which. Which that influenced me. It's true. Mm. It's true. Who who can remind me what those six um, six basic human needs are? Significance. <coughs> Contribution. Yeah. Significance. Growth. Significance. And then we have contribution. Um, Tina, are you looking at your notes? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Just checking. Huh? That's good, Tina. 
What else do we what, have? What on is here? that to um, connection? Being, and yeah, connected. Connection. Mm-hmm. But and I'm looking at my notes. And isn't there like um, you have? on things that are consistently the same and then things that are inconsistent? So certainty. Uncertainty and uncertainty. And I did that without looking at my notes. Good, for <laughs> Good you. job, Mom. So, one thing that I would extremely, extremely urge upon us is no one understand and study these six things. Yeah. This is what influences people. Every single act, every decision, every move that we make is based. Every word we say is based on one of these six reasons. These are the things that prompt what we do. And when you understand the why behind what people are doing, it helps you to know how to give them what they want. Some people act out because they want significance and they, ha- and they struggle with themselves. Um, but if you realize that this is really what they're craving, you can give them significance in the cause of God. You can give them significance as the apple of God's eyes and in Christ that they don't have to find through um, being like a, a drug dealer or to be a competitive um, person or to be uh, just flamboyant or just doing uh, drawing a lot of attention to themselves, like that bad attention. So the um, when you realize that's what they're craving, you can give them what they want, satisfy their need in Christ and bring them back home to a heavenly loving Savior. Amen. So I, I'm, I really encourage you that if you commit to learning these six things, it'll transform everything. You'll be able to influence people in ways that you've, you've never imagined. Yes, you're going to say something? Yeah, and, and those are like in due season too. What do you mean in due season? Well, because some, sometimes, you know, people might, might want significance, but then um, in a certain situation, they'd rather have certainty. And so that, that'll trump the significance. Yeah, but all of us have, it's true. I mean, these are satisfied in different scenarios. Yeah. But all of us have at least like one primary driving uh, need that is stronger than all the rest. And when you realize, it's, it's really powerful for us to know what drives us and what motivates us. Because if, when you realize what you need, as you give yourself that need and, and you influence yourself through this, it helps you can influence yourself to do the right thing because it's the right thing. You can influence yourself to make good decisions. And as you're leading yourself first, you can lead others. But one thing you'll find that when you start leading others is that people do things for different reasons than me. The problem is that if I love cert- uncertainty and variety and and surprise, then that might motivate me. But when I'm like going to motivate someone like Carmen or something, and he just craves certainty, he just wants to um, know that he's secure and that he knows exactly what's happening when the dates are coming into place, and and just doesn't want all that. And I'm trying to tell him, hey, you know, everything's going to change, and the things are going to be different, and we're going to do this whole new thing. It's like, come, you want to come with? And he's going to be like, whoa, it's like I don't want anything to do with that. Even though I might be motivated, I have to change my messaging, which is marketing, 
I have to change my marketing or messaging to how I communicate to Kamran uh, because uh, that's not going to be his, that's, that's going to repel him. So what motivates you might repel others. So the more that so we're... Kind of like, go ahead, Tina. So it's kind of like finding out your love language in a way. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to finding out your love language. Yeah. Which, if anybody hasn't, hasn't found out their love language yet, I would highly suggest you Google five love languages quiz. And as you Google five love languages quiz, you just take the quiz and go through it and you'll see what are the love languages that stand out to you. And as you know the love languages of those who you lead, those who you influence, those who you are around, you're able to give them what they need. And that's Speak how we their express, language. Yeah. We can express uh, Christ to them. He next speaks Deborah good. <laughs> Yeah, even though like our love languages are kind of like opposite. Um, so, Kathy, what have you been able to apply during this week? You know, I really appreciated last week learning about the ACT. Oh, yeah. I don't Good. think I'd ever heard that, and I tried to put that into practice. But. Um, not only applying it to my life, but changing what I could change in my life, and then who can I teach, and looking out to see who I can teach. That was really significant to me. Um, stood out to me last week. That's very good. I'm glad you, you mentioned that. What was an opportunity you were able to, um, to, to change something? Uh, the best thing you can change is your thinking, and my cha my thoughts were that I'm really not the leader I want to be, so I'm changing my way of thinking that I am the leader God wants me to be, That's right. and that I can lead others to Him. Amen. And that's really good. That's powerful. And uh, yeah, I can lead others to Him, because Philippians says, I can do all things, things through Christ who strengthens me. me. All things includes leading others to Jesus. Amen. Because He is promise. And the gift is in the promise. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Yes. Leadership is not as much as what you do as it is how you think. Yes. Because every action is belief driven. You start with the beliefs, change the beliefs, change the thoughts that uh, produce the actions. Like delegation. Delegation is not, a lot of people when they're first like learning about leadership and they, they begin, or time management, they realize like, oh, I don't delegate to anybody, like I don't have anyone to, like, I don't have a team, I don't have people to work with, and it's our mind, that's a belief first of all, but we think that we don't delegate because we don't have a team, but in reality we don't have a team because we don't, we, have do. the, we don't have the mind to delegate. Right. And the mind of delegation, and really a lot of times, we don't want to delegate because we think, oh, I'm putting more responsibility on Theodora. She's busy and this is going to be a burden. And, and if I think I'm burdening her, then she's going to be like, uh, she, I mean, then I'm going to be reluctant because I don't want to put that pressure on her. But it's, it's, like, it's like with cooking. It's like I would, that would be a burden on me. And I, I feel like because I don't really want to do a lot of cooking, why would anyone else? And like if we would have said like, no, you can't come, you can't help out, um, or like, we don't have anything for you, we'll do it ourselves, 
then it, it would it would really rob from you an experience that you're having here and that you can have where it's like you find it a joy and a delight uh, but that's delegation and when we work with others changing our beliefs from this is a burden to this is a blessing that instead of like like just delegating to people I just every time I hear delegating I think opportunity it's giving others the opportunities we wish we had when we first got started and responsibility is a blessing because leaders take responsibility they take ownership and Luke 16.10, if we're faithful with the little responsibilities, we'll be faithful with greater responsibilities. And the same thing with influence. If we're faithful with the little influence we have, whether there's three friends that we have, through two people we know, how you treat two people is how you're going to treat 2,000 people. So if, if you can't if you can't like rightfully influence or share what you know with two people, or encourage them to, to teach two people how to influence or, or work with those two people, then why would God entrust us with 2,000 people to lead? Or even a team of 20 people. It doesn't work that way. Um, but it, it's a belief system. The, the parable, the Matthew 25, which the whole subject of leadership is Matthew 25, it's the talents. Um, and influence is a talent. And the man who had one talent, he's like, oh, I can't lead. I have little leadership ability. I don't have influence with people. He buried his talent in the earth. And God came and he's like, thou wicked and slothful servant. It's like you knew that I wanted you to take what little influence you had, put it to the exchangers by reason of use, and then grow your influence so that when I come back a second time, you would, I would have more um, influence than when, when I left. And that's like, that's really thought-provoking. But again, it's all about the belief. Um, it's the belief that causes all the actions. So if you want to change your leadership, you need to change your beliefs. How do you, how does belief come? How do you change your beliefs? Where's your water bottle? Inciting. How do you guys change your beliefs? Are starting to change your thoughts. Change your thoughts, study the Word of God. Let's Change go to Romans 10.17. Romans 10. Romans 10.17. Changing our what? Motion. Emotions? Motion. Oh, just m movement. Changing our movement? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, that's good. That will definitely affect your, your thoughts. Change your focus. Where are we going? Um, Romans 10 17 how do we change our beliefs where does belief comes from so who would like okay it says so then faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the Word of God so look at this your beliefs in of God come from hearing the Word of God but what I want you to do is I want you to see principles what is the universal principle that we can find? So what you listen to influences you. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to become a better leader, you need to be around. But you got to be around better leaders. That's why this leadership table is so important to plug into and to make a priority because it helps us to grow and it helps us to learn and we're growing together. Faith comes by hearing. Period. If you want faith in God, hear God's word. If you want 
and to have you want to change your beliefs about leadership you need to hear different beliefs about leadership and you can do that through studying the word of god if you're intentional with your devotions look at christ in the lens of the leadership first and foremost and then secondly you can study the science of leadership through podcasts through audiobooks through courses there are leadership uh, resources that will help you to grow and help you to understand new things and these will be essential for you to learn how influence works because the the definition of sanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results if you want to grow as a leader you have to listen to different words that are going to change your belief to help you to become the leader that God has called you to be that was Romans 1 10 17. Thank you. Mom, you want to say something? I was just going to say that um, it depends on who you hang out with, too, because um, because when you're hearing what other people are saying, and if it's not good, um, you're influenced by them, too. By beholding, you become changed. And um, that's why it's important if you're hanging out with people who, who aren't leaders, who, who, who isn't <coughs> focused on the Lord. Um, you should only spend an hour with them, and that hour should be to help lead them to the Lord. Other than that, you shouldn't be hanging out with Talk them. Talk about like unconverted um, yeah. family and friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another thing, too, is I, I realize that um, a lot of ministries are looking for workers. Like the, the affirmation that is constantly being affirmed is we need workers, we need workers, there, there's, there's not enough workers, or, or um, they're constantly thinking, how can we get more workers? But what I've realized is workers, there's lots of workers in the cause of God, but they know how to do the work, they know how to like give Bible studies, they know how to share with others, take responsibilities, they're wonderful workers. But I realize that workers is our problem. We don't need workers, we need leaders who can take others under their wings and teach them how to do what they've done. Responsibility is good, but if you just stop there and you don't duplicate, success is not success without a successor. We need to have someone else who can take up the work and do what we've done. This is what we need. And it's not for the purpose of workers, it's leaders who develop leaders to the fourth generation, as 2 Timothy 2.2 describes. Amen. And I was talking with Pastor Smith about that the other day, and and, it, and he was like, like his eyes got really big. He realized, he like, that is true. We don't need workers. We need leaders. He's like, this is why Madison failed. This is why a lot of these ministries failed, because they they develop leaders who, who led some workers. And the workers is a dead-end street. Wherever the worker mindset is, they're not producing other workers. They're producing a babies who are dependent upon them. We need to be training men and training women how to lead their households, how to lead and duplicate and reproduce. When you have a body that is not reproducing, we say that is a that's like a physiological dysfunction. Like that is that is unnatural. So likewise. Be not deceived. Disciples make disciples. And leaders develop leaders who develop leaders. And so we need to be around people who are, who are seeking to 
um, develop leaders for the cause of God. If we want to grow, surround ourselves with people who are going in the same direction that we are. Amen. And you can, yeah, so um, belief comes by hearing and um, and hearing, you can listen to the Word of God, you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to courses. One thing that's really powerful is um, anytime, and, and I'm glad that people are starting to develop this, I just got an audio message from one of our students who said she listened to our, um, our live cast this month while she was picking blueberries. And she's outside picking blueberries, and they were, um, and she's like, I, I listened to this 90 minute presentation, and it's done. She's super excited. She thought she had to wait for a two hour drive to go listen to it then, but she got it done this morning. And um, what, I, what I encourage people to do is anytime that you are engaged in doing something physical with your hands, like cooking, like washing, like gardening, like walking, like, like any of these physical activities that doesn't require a lot of mental effort, make it a habit, form the trigger to put earbuds in and listen to podcasts, listen to audio, listen to audio books, listen to different things that will help you to grow as a leader. Take a skill and say, in your personal growth plan, I'm going to learn this skill and I will get better at that. Like right now I'm learning about persuasion. I'm, I was going through, I read every verse in the Bible that said persuade, persuading, persuadeth, persuaded. Um, and I put that in my, uh, I documented my devotions. And I'm also studying the science of persuasion to see what are the steps that, act, that, that uh, persuade people. And, and going to the Word of God first and then, and then to like um, podcasts, audio programs, courses, whatever, those, those help to understand as, as well. But I realized that Paul was very persuasive. Um, but the point is, if you are busy and you've got a lot of things to do, you cannot afford to neglect all the precious opportunities in the day that you could be listening to um, you could be hearing beliefs about uh, influence and leadership because that will help you to grow and redeem the time um, whenever you're cooking, cleaning, uh, gardening, walking, doing some of these things. Um, it's a huge opportunity of growth that we don't maximize. Uh, but when we develop that habit of listening to these podcasts or audiobooks, then it will make a, a huge difference. Yes. That's why um, when you're when you're trying to do something like like you have an interest in something and you're trying to get it done, and and you're just bumping along getting it done, but then when you get underneath a trainer who says, yeah, first you do this and then you, and and it goes so much more smoothly and you could do it a whole lot quicker, and um and it really does redeem the time when you learn. Yes. Yeah. And you get to learn from other people's uh, failures, yeah. their mistakes, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a bus when we can do that. Um, welcome, Rebecca. Glad you can join us, sister. Amen. It's good to hear from you. Hi. Howdy, howdy. Um, Re Rebecca's been going through the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. So she's learning the skill of influence, which is powerful. And I want you guys to realize, um, when you are developing leaders, you don't have to be the only source that you communicate and I implore you the drip system that we learned about and during the live cast connect your leaders to a drip system so that they can learn they can grow they can develop in their leadership skills um, and 
Like by if you if you've gone through something good that you have appreciated, then connect them to something. That's like what we did with the communication challenge. Um, I put together a list of videos, podcasts, documents, Bible verses that have been a blessing to me in learning how to communicate in the order I learned it or the order I wish I learned it. And by connecting people to the communication challenge for that month, their challenge is to develop communication. That's like a drip system that they can go listen to at their own pace and they can be blessed and their lives transformed. Um, and so if you find something that works well for you, that has blessed you, like you need a small group. You n everybody needs a little flock, a little sphere of influence that you're taking under your wing, little, like a little group that are like, hey, you know what? We have similar goals, we have similar values, we, we're friends, we want to move in a similar direction, we're learning leadership together, this is what's been blessing me, I recommend you, you listen to that again also. And remember, number three for a basic human need is what? Connection. Connection. Do you like to study things alone? No. No. Sometimes. Sometimes. But do you enjoy studying as a group? Yeah. Do you enjoy knowing that there's other people going through the same challenge you are? They're having the same epiphanies you are? That's, that's hearing the same beliefs that you are? that's experiencing a transformation and being able to influence people for Christ? Or do you like to be alone in your efforts to change or to do things different? Or to, um, when you get stuck, you're just by yourself and you have no one else to talk to. That's not fun. That's not fun at all. So when you realize you're actually doing a service by enlisting others and studying the things that you're studying. Yeah, we all learn off of each other. Even students teach teachers absolutely yeah. and the best teachers will be will be students be great students um, and so every time and I encourage you every time that you are you're learning and you're growing just think of the acronym ACTS you're, you're constantly looking for things that you can act upon Amen. and you're asking what can I apply to my life like when you leave this I encourage you to write it down just write it in your notes what can I immediately apply to my life what can I change as a result of this? Maybe it's forming a habit of listening to podcasts while we're walking or working. What can I teach? And that's why I'm saying that little group. You need a little group of people that you can, you can be a blessing to. Even if it's three friends on Messenger. Even if it's, it doesn't have to be a Messenger group, but just know like who are people. Whenever you're learning, whenever I'm learning, I'm constantly asking the question, who can this benefit? Who can I share this with? Who needs to know this? If this is helping me, I'm thinking, who can I share? Because when you train your brain, um, you, you want to go like 30 seconds between the time where you have an epiphany to the time that you share it with someone. And you're like, whoa, this needs to be imparted. Because your capacity to receive is only preserved by imparting. You have to give what little you have, and then what you have increases. It's incredible. The only way to keep what you have is to give it away. But when you're connected with the gift giver, there's no scarcity. God has an abundance um, with, with him. Christ came that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. Um, but a lot of times we just stick with life. We're just barely living. God wants to have an abundant living. And that, that comes through contribution and giving people giving people the things that you learn. So just think like, what can I be teaching? Who can I teach this with? Yes. A lot of, um, when you're when you're learning leadership and influence and stuff like that, 
um, or teaching or, or anything. It, it's contributing to somebody else and teaching them. That's, that's like across the board and everything that, that you're, you're guided to do. Everybody says, teach, teach, teach. Yes, amen. Absolutely. Um, w one thing, one thing that really hit me recently is um, when we understand about the reason why leadership is so powerful is because it it affects like every area of our life. Um, when you look at it, um, leaders make decisions. So the more that you make decisions, you use your judgment, and you think you are cultivating your leadership ability. Just think of Luke 16.10. If you're faithful with little decisions, you'll be faithful with big, big decisions. I know when I first got started, I was really paralyzed by options. When there's variables in what might happen, I think, well, how do I know what to decide? I'd be a confused mind to paralyzed mind, and I would be so confused constantly. What should I do? How do I know God's will? I don't know. There's too many options. And it would freak me out because I'm like, what if I make a mistake? And then they may be little, little decisions. And, and it freaked me out, but I began to realize that sometimes it's better to make a small decision rashly or like, make a decision too quickly than to constantly be wavering and indecisive. Indecision is far worse than making the wrong decision sometimes. It can make you paralyzing. It can be paralyzing. It can be paralyzing. And it worries people too. Yes. Long decisions worry the angels. So leaders make decisions. As you make decisions, it changes you and influences others. Um, and even if you made it the wrong decision, you learn from it. Yeah. And that'll, that'll take you forward also. And if you start looking at um, wrong decisions as learning experiences, then you want to make as many wrong decisions as you can, as fast as you can, as quick as you can, because they're learning experiences. You don't have to constantly be in fear trying to like, what if I make the wrong decision? What if you learn something? It's like you're going you're gonna to succeed or you're going to learn, but you're never going to fail because when you turn failure into a lesson now that that that's how you turn defeat into victory what if you what if you do it and it's wrong that's good because then that moves you forward <laughs> yeah and and the just man falls how many times seven times and then what does he do rises again yeah that's proverbs 24 16. is that seven times yeah seven times and that's the importance of not stopping the just man falls seven times period yeah. i mean it's the it's the whole thing. He yeah. rises again yes. to give us the hope to go forward. And encouragement. And I like that saying, fall forward. Don't yeah. fall, fall forward. That's right. That is so important. And and as long as you realize that when you fall, you're gonna fall forward, you're gonna be further along than when you started. Exactly. Then every time you fall, it is progress. It is growth. It is victory. It is accomplishing further onward into battle. Now, that's why, that's why our great commander has never lost a battle. Jesus um, is, is uh, leading us to victory, not failure. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So, faith comes by hearing, 
and by hearing by the Word of God. So the more that you listen um, to the Word of God uh, through podcasts, audiobooks, courses, um, and uh, your intentional devotions, and you flood your mind with some of these promises, then um, then you'll find more victories in your life. We gotta redeem the times. Flood our minds with the Word of God. Uh, did you have your hand raised? No. Okay. So leaders um, maximize resources. That was powerful. I began to realize what what are some of the resources that exist? People. You guys ever heard of human resources? No? Just mom? Time. People with resources. Money. Time is a resource. Okay, let's hear from someone other than mom. Time, money. What else is a resource? So, a resource... Think of a resource as a talent. Or something you need and able to accomplish something. Yeah, something you need in order to accomplish something. So... Leaders are resourceful. Influence. Influence. Yes, influence is a resource. What else is a is a uh, resource? I don't want to hear from your mom. So, friends, if you're if you're unsure what a resource is, take notes, write this down, really get it in your mind, and study this and understand what are the resources that are available to you because when you change your question from instead of saying like oh I don't have enough time or you start to realize wait a second I have time for what I make time for we all have been given the same 24 hours it's about maximizing the time that I have and, and managing my priorities to get more done in less time um, or doing less better then it, it changes a lot of times where we get stuck a lot of times where we get obstacles and we fail we blame it on the lack of resources, but it's not a lack of resources. What, I have a clue. What else? That's okay. You can keep your clue to yourself. What else is? Um, what else is a resource? Think about. Um, hey, hey, hey! No clues. Think about um, <laughs> Matthew twenty-five, the parable of the ten talents, or Christ's object lesson, chapter twenty-five. When you when you guys have been reading um, in communication challenge, you've been seeing. What are the different talents that God has given universally to everyone? What are the resources, the talents, the um, things that He's given all of us equally? We all A have voice. Voice, okay. Communication. Words. Do you remember that um, sermon that He did on that? What do words communicate? Either death or life. <laughs> Let's put knowledge on there. Is knowledge a resource? Like right now, you guys are feeling stuck because you don't have the knowledge? Google. <laughs> Google. What else, what else has God given? What other resources do we have? Hope. Yes. Oh, I was so proud that. of you. Yes. Thank you, brother. I've been fighting at the pit to say that. <laughs> oh. Okay, so this is this is good. well. We can put that's seven. We can put technology. 
I've been biting at the bit for that one too. I mean, there's there's a lot more than just eight of them or there's seven. There's so much. So, um, any time that we fail, it's not because of lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. Because if you're really committed and you're really like, I am going to make this happen, and you're determined that there's no other option, that the only way you can move forward and to succeed, then you will figure out who can help. You will find the time. If it's a high priority in your life, you will make the time for that. Whatever it is, the resources is never your limitations. We serve a God of abundance. He, all the gold and silver is mine, saith the Lord, and He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He is, he is the, giver, the gift giver of all things. And so, um, leaders maximize resources. And what this looks like in ministry is like when you have a team, you have team members that are on, they have knowledge you don't have. And instead, when you get stuck and you're thinking, I don't know how to do this, change the question. Um, instead of asking how, what should we ask? Why? Who? There you go. You switch the letters around. You switch the letters. What's better than asking how do I, ask who can do this? Who do I ask? Um, because that, that's people, it's human resources. It's not, what the thing that changed my life like and got me on this journey of leadership, I was reading a book called Gospel Workers, it's page 225 and it was saying, the wisest generalship is insane. Not how much we can do ourselves, but how much we can lead the people to do. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. Because the, the whole question, consuming question of my mind as a worker, I'm thinking, how much can I do? How can I do more? How can I take more responsibility? How can I get more done in less time? And I'm constantly thinking, how can I do more for Christ? I used to read Luke 2, I mean 10 2, it says, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. And I'm like, okay, I gotta work harder. How much more can I do? But I read it, I was like, wait a second, change your question, change your life. It's not how much can I do, how much can I lead the people to do? I was like, whoa, I don't know how to do that, Lord. How do I lead others to do? I don't know. I know how to lead myself. I don't know how to lead up. That is a whole new world. And in 2014, I began to realize that um, our ministry could not just be my ministry. It has to be our ministry. It's going to require a team. I can't do it by myself. A one-man army is going to die at war, so we need to raise up an army that is rightly trained to go and accomplish the work. Yes? And we can see in the Bible how Moses, how overwhelmed he was trying to help the people come out of Egypt. And then when um, Jethro taught him how to, how to set up a little army of people to do, do the things, he delegated a lot of work, and that stress lifted a lot. Because there's no way he could have done the things that um, the, he couldn't have done the things that were required if he didn't. Yeah, it's so true. So true. Um, yes, and and leaders solve problems. Uh, we have to train our brain to focus on solutions, not problems. This is something. This is a habit. 
it's and I'm telling you friends this is a mindset this is beliefs leadership at its core if you change your beliefs you'll change your results you'll change your actions you'll change what you do it's it's the question um, leaders ask great questions and uh, asking questions is a skill you can develop and I promise you that I was not good at asking questions and I still have a lot of work to do but you can commit you can make the decision in your mind you can make the decision you say I'm going to learn how to ask questions I don't know how to do that but I'm gonna learn how to maximize that that resource of knowledge to know how to ask questions Carmen you've been experiencing it lately haven't you yes learn how to ask questions he's been asking me questions that have been 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 life-changing for me have been really helpful for me to to consider and reflect on some some problems that I was I was facing and and uh, several months ago he wasn't able to do that but he committed to it and the communication challenges some resources he's looked elsewhere and he's looked um, and that's part of his personal growth plan and he's growing so in like manner um, leaders ask great questions and they solve problems and, in, and instead of focusing on the problem focus on the solution look for solutions make the decision and implement the solution and then come back and say hey this this is the problem but this is a, the solution this is how I fixed it and that's how leaders they take initiative they take responsibility they take ownership so when we train our minds to look at the the solutions not the problems our lives get better because what you focus on you find mm -hmm. so if you're focusing on problems what are you going to find more of you see the problems all over and, and, and feel overwhelmed feel overwhelmed feel unaccomplished feel unfulfilled sad. very sad and just like focusing on your problems in life just not help because Jesus said Matthew 7 7 seek and ye shall find ask and it shall be given unto you so if I'm asking how can I do more work what's going to be given to me more work more work but if I ask how can I lead the how much can I lead the people to do what's going to be given to me according to Matthew 7 7 people People to, do the work. people to do more work change your question change your life we have to faith comes by hearing by hearing a different question I had a different belief and therefore I, I took different actions and we're all here as a result and just think of the impact that you can have on others as you hear different words that change your beliefs that change your question that change your actions and the impact that you can have on those around you, there is no limit. There's a path of infinite potential in Christ that is set before you as leaders. But we got to think, how can we maximize resources? You know, actually, I, I would love to keep going on that, but um, there's some more things discussed. But uh, I think we got to start wrapping it up. Um, and but I, I hope that this has been helpful. Again, you want to look at what can I act upon? What can I apply, change, or teach? And um, taking notes on some of these things that stand out to you, it's going to be really helpful for you to share with others. Um, and <clears throat> I really hope that we could just we could make some decisions of what are we going to do differently. And in order for the world around us to change, if we want our lives to change, we must change. If we want our life to be better, we have to get better. Because... We are the bottleneck. We are the lid and the limit to our potential and the growth 
and the growth of those around us, the growth of the ministry, our ability to outreach and, and influence others is limited by who we are and our thoughts and our feelings, our character, our skills. These are the things that are going to be the limits of it. And Christ is seeking that the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more to the perfect day. We can't do it without Christ. So when we connect with Him, He changes our heart, He changes our life, and He allows us um, the opportunity to um, to um, to not only listen to His voice, but to lead others to Christ as well. So let's, um, if it's your desire to, to grow and to develop the skill of influence and to teach others how to influence, then I invite you to close with me with a word of prayer. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you very much for your love and your care. Thank you for watching over us. We pray that you will, you will teach us how we can um, develop the skill of influence. Teach us how we can um, make, uh, we can develop the character of Christ who had the character, who was the greatest influence this world has ever known. Um, help us to study the greatest leadership book that we can get our hands on, the Bible. Help us to look ever to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and help us to have, to ask better questions so we can have a better life, so that we can, we can draw others closer to you. Father, help us not to be limited by our unbelief and our limiting beliefs, but help us to, to be more and more in harmony with what your word has promised. And Father, I, I thank you that we have each other, that we can grow and learn together with, that we don't have to be alone, but that we can take others on the journey that we are taking. And Father, I pray that uh, this ministry, this team, this group of leaders can be a ministry that develops leaders. We love you, Lord, and we pray that you will, uh, you will work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.